Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Lopez wants it away. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run! Gentlemen, Mets fans of all ages, here is your host, Nick Durst. Hello, Mets fans. Welcome into episode three of the Believe in the Mets podcast. I am your host, Nick Durst, and I, like all of you, just disgusted right now with the way the New York Mets are playing. Awful weekend in Boston. They get destroyed. And the series, they lose 2-1. to one. They, you know, they had the lead in two of the games. Carlos Carrasco was awful. The cookie crumbled once again. Maybe it's time to stop thinking that this guy has anything left here. You know, when you take a cookie and you dunk it in milk too much, it crumbles. And that is not good for the Mets pitching staff because he's crumbling all season and so is the rest of the staff. And it has shown to be detrimental to the team. When you look at the win-loss column in the team ERA, Trevor got, he's got to go. I've been saying it all along on this podcast. He was awful in that Saturday game, the second game with the double header after the rainout, and they lose putrid, awful. But now moving forward here, next stop is the Subway Series. Stand clear of the closing doors, please, as the season is maybe closing its doors on the Mets and the Yankees here. And the Subway Series, it starts Tuesday night tonight. And we know from the Mets' perspective, they need to win. They're desperate to win. But we're going to also talk a little bit of the Yankees here and see what they need to do. They're a team right now who's struggling as well, but they're only two and a half out of the wild card. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in a big-time Yankee fan. You may know him as the fantasy executive in the fantasy world, but he is a big-time Yankee fan as well. So without further ado, welcome into the show, the one and only, Corey Parson. Corey, what's up, man? What's up, Nick? What's the deal? What's going on? Good to be chilling with you. You know what I'm saying? This time of year, obviously, we get ready to turn the page. It's the NFL season, but there's plenty of baseball going on, especially in the Big Apple. You know what I'm saying? New York is a baseball-crazy city, maybe the most baseball-crazy city in the country. And right now, it's not allowed to be crazy about the optimism of the New York Mets. I even bought into it. Uh, right now, we see nothing. And then the forever pessimism of the New York Yankees actually seems to be a real thing this year. So here we are in late July, and this is probably be the only Subway Series we see this year. Yeah, so we're going to talk Subway Series, of course. But right now, a quick thing on the Yankees here. First, before we talk about this series itself, ever since Aaron Judge went down, the Yankees have really struggled offensively, and they're running a bunch of no-names out there. Aaron Judge, they're saying maybe he's close to returning, but I don't know if you saw this, Corey, but right now, Aaron Judge, he's enjoying his life. Him and Giancarlo Stanton at MSG last night for the Drake concert, sitting in the front row, dapped it up with Drake. What do you think about these players in season heading out to a concert like that? Oh, you know, I really don't have a problem with it. The concert was in town. It was right there in, in the Mecca in Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. 
it's not like they were missing any game action or anything like that. Or even if they were, the, you know what I'm saying, two players that are currently hurt. Obviously, they are superstars in this market. You know what I'm saying? And Drake being a big sports fan, you know what I mean? And I guess, what can we can we say that Drake is the number one male artist in the country? Is that a thing? Maybe. So. I don't know. Wow. I, don't, I haven't really checked the charts. And I don't really get, you know, that deep into the music scene no more. But I know, you know, he's one of the top male artists in the country performing Madison Square Garden. I know tickets were a pretty penny last night. I think my sister might have been out there. Um, But I don't really have no problem with that. You know, you kind of harken back to when Vince Carter had missed some time in the playoffs all those years ago. I believe he was on stage with a little bow wow. So we've come a long way. But Vince Carter doesn't have the, um, you know, the championship history. Well, I guess Judge and Stanton don't have a championship history either. <laughs> no. Aaron Judge, he's got the home run record at least, but that might be broken this year by Otani, yep. who's on a record pace. So the only thing Aaron Judge has, and it's nothing again, and that's great. I love it too, is a big, big bank account right now. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, they got that done over the summer. And really, for everybody that was saying in his historic year last year, oh, well, Otani, he pitches, you know, and he bat, so he should have won the MVP. You really see how valuable Stanton, I mean, excuse me, Judge is to this franchise, to this organization, to this roster. I mean, he goes out. This is a team. They don't have nobody on a team batting over 300. It's a team batting average of 231. It's down there with the, with the, the bottom feeders of the league. Offense has been terrible this year. So, you know, you see how important uh, Aaron Judge is to the to the pie. And without him out there, you know, it's definitely a bunch of, you know, the, the fantasy baseball strategy of stars and scrubs. That's what it is. Yankees, stars and scrubs, and their stars out. So what do you think about the fact that they fired their hitting coach midseason and they bring in Sean Casey, Cincinnati Reds legend, career 300 hitter, former teammate of Aaron Boone, taking him right out of MLB Network midseason. I mean, that's that's a big shakeup right there. You think that the players are going to maybe respond to that? At first, they did, but they were playing Colorado. And then over the weekend here, the Yankees do sweep the Royals, but it was no easy task. So how do you feel in general about midseason coaching changes when it's not necessarily the head coach or the manager? Normally, that's a panic move that you see from poverty franchises. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you see a franchise like the New York Yankees, who've had kind of the tradition of the Yankees and the way they carry things, particularly under Brian Cashman, who's been there for years now, decades even. When they make a change midseason, to me, it's a panic move. It's something to, 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 to calm the fan base down, maybe light a fire underneath the team. We've already heard the ownership come out earlier this year and say the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They can't understand why the fans are upset. There's a lot of reasons why the fans are upset. You know what I'm saying? Uh but with that being said, straight panic move to me, something that you normally don't see the Yankees doing. I'm not going to go as far as say it was an overreaction because somebody needed to lose their job. But this right here was the first sign of, okay, it's not just the fans jumping ship or not jumping ship. It's not just the fans panicking. I thought we were starting to see some panic in the front office as well. So realistically, if you look at this Yankee team, let's say they sneak into the playoffs. They're not making it to the World Series. There's so many teams better than them in the, in the in the AL. So, do you think that finally they might make a change at manager? I don't yeah. think they're going to get rid of Cashman because what's the alternative to Cashman? 
Unless they, unless they are, uh, what's the the young guy? Where's he Theo at Epstein, now? Yeah, Theo Epstein. Epstein's. Yeah, Theo Epstein. Yeah, where's he at now? Theo Epstein's working for the commissioner. He's working That's for right. Bay. He did all I he see- he came up with all these rule changes for this season. I seen him on a podcast recently. That's how I knew he was available on out there. But unless you're going to make a big splash move like that, you know what I'm saying? It is Brian Cashman. He's kind of been the guy, and he may be the the you know the strongest linchpin in the organization or really the only thing that ties the organization to the old ballpark. And, Nick, I when I talk Yankees, and I, especially when I talk Yankees of what's going on now, I talk about the old ballpark, and I think that's important. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I make a lot of fun of the Nassau Coliseum. So what you're saying is the stadium had a charm to it, like the Nassau Coliseum, even though it was maybe old. It was decrepit, and it smelled of urine. But it had something to it. You know what I'm saying? The way the New York crowd used to rock, that or that roar was real loud in that stadium. I know the stadium was haunted. You know what I'm saying? Just by going through there, being there, all the memorable things that happened in that ballpark. And then you move across the street. And I understand they won a championship the year they won. But it really hasn't felt right since. You know what I'm saying? I remember going to the stadium. I remember being much younger than I would let my kids go <laughs> to Yankee Stadium by themselves and buying tickets and going and sitting in the bleachers, 12, 11 years old, you know, 12, 13 years old, and enjoying the game that way and stuff like that, you know. So meet me at the bat, you know what I'm saying? And now it's like meet me at the guitar, you know what I'm saying, for the hard rock. It ain't the same, you know what I mean? So – you know, I understand, you know, nice new shiny ballpark, which got cracks all in the flooring. You know what I'm saying? It was not put together well. I, I, to me, to me, the, the, this is the curse of old Yankee Stadium. I like that. I, I like to call it the, the curse of A-Rod ever since they made him retire midseason. It's kind of been uh, nothing but bad luck. You know, they did him wrong at the, at the end. You know what I'm saying? How they didn't want to give him his money and all of that stuff. He earned every penny of that money. You know, he oops, he earned every penny of that money. He was able to to get you know a championship out of him. Hit his home runs. He had that one stretch. Don't get me wrong. He had a couple runs where he was horrific. But you know, listen, I wouldn't have tried to keep his money from him. I thought that was a mistake. And you're right. That could be why this franchise is you know can't get past the Houston Astros or the Tampa Rays. Yeah, 2009, he's the reason they won the World Series. He was great in that World Series. And since then, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been cold. It's been uh, empty in the Bronx in really, really late October. And yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going on here. Just in New York in general here, it's, it's become the city of losers no, no franchise has won a championship since the Giants, 2012. The closest we got, you know, the Rangers made the Stanley Cup Finals, and the Mets in 2015, yeah. they made it against the Royals. This is a great, this is a great city, Corey. In the 90s, yeah. the 2000s, even the 80s, nothing but championships. But since since then, it's it's kind of been it's kind of been bare. No, no, no parades. No, we have not seen Ticket Tate fall from the Canyon of Champions in quite a while right now. And you see other, you know, other legendary sports cities doing their thing and getting it done. And New York is, is nowhere near it right now. But, you know, right quick on A-Rod before I hop into what's going on in New York. In their playing days, 
Derek Jeter was beloved and Alex Rodriguez was hated. In their post-playing days, Alex Rodriguez is beloved and Derek Jeter is hated. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's a good public relations team. And I don't know if you've seen much of Derek Jeter on Fox, but big downgrade for Frank Thomas. Derek Jeter has nothing to the broadcast. He's very dry. He's very serious and monotone. That was a great broadcast because of the the comedic timing and the funniness with Big Poppy, A-Rod, Burkhart, that Pete Rose for a season, Keith Hernandez, Terry Collins, and the big hurt, Frank Thomas. But Fox, they go for the big name and Derek Jeter. And, and why would you put Derek? Yeah, so why would you? What would it make you think that Derek Jeter would be a good media personality? He was the driest guy in the history of sports media, as far as getting the quota, getting something like when they did the Last Dance. You know how Michael Jordan was like, "Oh, you know, I took offense to that." And get Derek Jeter, you had nothing like that when it came to Derek Jeter. There was no, there was no, you know, there was nothing about it. It's just so bland and boring. And um, and that's what they made the broadcast. But you know, I find it interesting. Now, as far as these teams go, not only are they not winning championships, but you can say at different points, the Knicks, the Mets, and the Jets have been the biggest embarrassments in their respective sports. So it's not just that they're not winning, they're legendarily not winning and becoming laughing stocks of the leagues while they're at it. New York is a great baseball city. And you don't even have a shot at having, you know, both teams in the Subway Series again anytime soon, at least. And then again, it could turn around quickly. Who knows? Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, the world's most famous arena. Two of the past three years, decent basketball with the Knicks. But look how many years that place has been terrible. Look at St. John's. You know what I'm saying? They keep well, they bring in Patino now. Maybe that turned the thing around, but they had to go back to New York City's legendary basketball pass. You know what I'm saying? So it's tough, but when you look and even look at the Giants in 07, that was a hell of a run, right? But they was getting ready to run Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning out of town in 2007. Yep. 11, once again, another great run. They've been terrible since. You know what the Jets are. Hopefully they can turn it around now and they bring Aaron Rodgers in. So that gives them a little bit of excitement. You know what I mean? But you haven't really had a franchise quarterback. And I understand Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer franchise quarterback, but you know, whatever. The Jets never couldn't get their hands on a franchise quarterback. The Knicks would always have a secondary star, a Patrick Ewing, a Carmelo Anthony, a Jalen Brunson. You know what I'm saying? The Yankees have had some historic moments, like with Aaron Judge, and the Mets have had their run. But it's been no sustained success. The only thing that's been sustained in the city is a lack of winning on the highest level. And that's not a New York thing. So, of the major sports teams, which team would you say in New York is the closest or most likely to be the next champion? And that might be 10 years from now, but who's going to win the championship next? You know, it's, it's crazy. I think if you was to put odds on which – and you give every New York team odds and, like, which one would win the championship first, I think you would have to put the Yankees at minus 110. Okay. Because that's still the premier franchise – that's still the franchise that has won the championships. You know what I'm saying? It's been a long time, don't get me wrong, but you got to feel as if, okay, if you're a free agent, right, and you want to go to New York to win a championship, what sport are you picking? 
Well, I I think my answer to this, just because of the money factor, is I'd go with the Mets because I think Steve Cohen, he's going to, you know, it might blow up in their face like it did this year, but you know he's committed when he's giving two 40-year-old pitchers $86 million between the two of them. So I would say the Mets is where the free agents would want to go. Now let's 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 talk about Otani for a second. For well, you could well, well, Nick, the Mets have this championship history, right? You know what I'm saying? So I well, think you got to take it into it's account. A new owner. Well. It's a new owner. I mean, what is what is Hal Steinbrenner's championship Nothing. history? Nothing. Nothing. But so I, I I think Steve Cohen's got more money than Hal Steinbrenner. Last time I checked. So we'll see what happens with the money now. Since you know, we're talking Mets Yankees here, Shohei Otani, if you're him, if he says, let me go to New York. First of all, I don't know why I'd come here because he didn't like New York in the first place years ago. And what's he coming? He's coming here for money. Sure. But I thought he wanted to win. He's not, not going to win a World Series, I don't think, next year with either of these two New York teams. So maybe he's going to go to Los Angeles Dodgers, which are the heavy favorites right now. But if you're Otani, you know, where would you want to go? And if you were, if you're, if Brian Cashman brings you in, Corey, and is like, I need you to sell Otani and his agent to the Bronx and get him here, what are you going to do? If I'm selling the Bronx, I'm selling the championship history. And I understand that that history may be in the past, but I'm selling the championship history. I'm selling the most passionate, entitled <laughs> fan base in all the professional sports. That's right. Right. And don't get me wrong. I throw the entitled in there. I'll be 100% honest with you. Entitled passionate yet entitled fan base in all the sports and if you win as a yankee then you're legendary you're with the manos and the maris and the roofs and the jeters and the marianos the clothes the riveras and all of that you're a part of that lore that greatness of new york city so i'm selling the franchise i'm selling the city and the franchise and you know asian american fan base and you know what I'm saying? A nice place to live in Westchester County. It may not be enough, though, because I'm sure the Dodgers and Chavez Ravine can sell um, just as well. You know, you got an organization that it is at least going to try. Like, you know, we discuss these teams and these ownerships, right? And we just saw what happened with Dan Snyder. Now, never mind the legalese, right? Four decades, they couldn't get a franchise quarterback. Ultimately, that's what killed them. You know what I'm saying? So they were trying. These teams, Cohen is trying. I don't really know if Steinbrenner is trying. You know what I'm saying? Because they keep running back the same team. You know, you run back champions. You don't run back the runner-up. You know know what I'm saying? You know what I think it is, Corey, with the Yankees. In the 90s, early 2000s, they were all about winning championships. In the 2010s and the 2020s, they're all about making money. Yeah, and that's I think what it's all what it's come down to at this point. Individualism, making money. Obviously, you're going to get that big bankroll in New York, but it doesn't seem like you know the prospects they haven't been able to build up correctly. I think it's been trades out there that could have been made that wasn't made to hang on to some pieces that wasn't worthy of hanging on to. So really, right now, I think you're starting to see the first signs of, like I mentioned earlier, panic. With the fan base in the organization, with the fan base, you see anger, not panic. The fan base been panic for a while now. Now you see anger. But here's the thing: this is an entity that you would think is too big to fail. They got to stop showing up, 
And that's the problem. That's exactly it. Tourist destination. They're going to sell tickets. They're going to sell the jerseys. They're going to sell the Yankee hats. You got it there. This Yankee is hats. the most recognizable piece of sports memorabilia that there is. Now, this is a tattered Yankee hat right here, right? Now, I kind of like a tattered Yankee hat. You can th- it looks like it pains you to see this. <laughs> I'm gonna put a sensor screen. or my logo over that on the screen so nobody can see that. Hat right I keep every time I put every time I put this kid this hat in the Ugh. screen, it's like your face. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing: it's you know, it's a, this one is tattered, right? I like a worn Yankee hat, but in October when you're making a playoff run, you got to get a fresh, crisp okay. Yankee hat. And obviously, you know, my favorite logo on the side is obviously the Subway Series one. You know what I'm saying? So that's a Yankee. I've paid $50 for that hat before. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, but yeah. Do you but think, think Jay-Z Jay pays for his Yankee hats? Probably not. Like you said, I mean, he made the Yankee hat more famous yeah. than the Yankees can. I don't know if he, I don't know if he went that far. You know what I'm saying? But he probably don't pay for them. Uh, New Era probably sends it right to him. He probably nice? has all kinds of hooked up with New Era or Fanatics. Just get a uh, shout out, shout out to our boy Michael Rubin. When are we going to get invited to the white party? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, when are we go to the happens for the white party, I'm surprised Aaron Judge wasn't there. I guess because it was in season. Yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah, that's probably the only reason why. But normally, uh, he is somebody that would be there. But no, I do think it's the most, it's the most, you know, you know, the, the biggest piece of, it's the most famous piece of sports memorabilia there is. But do you see what the Yankees are hanging on to now? The hat, the legacy, the home run championship. You how do you like? How do you like the fact that the Yankees added a, a logo on the side, a, a sponsorship patch? Come on now, that that's that's the St. Louis Cardinals do shit like that. That's a poverty franchise adding patches. You know, PayPal. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? It's like the Denver Nuggets. It's the New York Yankees. Keep their tradition. So, listen, when you start to see the Yankees adding patches to their shirt, you know what I'm saying? Something ain't right, Nick. It's all about the money for the, <laughs> the math right ain't math at that point. So, Subway Series, two games set. How do you feel in the sense that, obviously, these teams are always going to play each other every year. But I always loved growing up when it was special, it was unique. You had the three games at home for each team. Now you get two games, two games. It's not a weekend set. You do a Tuesday and Wednesday twice in the season, unless it's it's the year that they're playing the, the AL East and I, I think it's kind of losing its – it loses its luster in that sense. If it's a Tuesday night – I mean, this is this is something the city used to get into huge. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Yankees, Mets. Now you Tuesday, Wednesday night, two-game series for me. I don't really like that. No, I think they killed it when they did that. I agree with you. I like it the way it was. It may not mean nothing much to the players. You know what I'm saying? It may not mean much to the rest of the country. But that definitely did mean something to New Yorkers in the summertime. You know what I'm saying? Whether you have a three-game set at, you know, up at City Field on Memorial Day weekend and 4th of July weekend, you come down to the Boogie Down Bronx for a three-game set. You know what I'm saying? The fans get to pack into each other's building and cheering back and forth and stuff like that. I think that was good camaraderie for the fans. You know what I'm saying? And I think that another thing that's missing, you know what I'm saying, from this rivalry is that set right there. And it's probably something that's missing from both these teams. I think, I think we've got we're in a we're in a baseball marketplace right now where the Mets need the Yankees and the Yankees need the Mets. You know what I'm saying? So success for both teams 
would be paramount for the city. Look yeah. at look at look up there. Look up look up there. There you go right up there. Winners and still champions. We'll say so. Subway series two games. Oh, that's, old, that's an old one right there. <laughs> two games set. We'll see what happens. The Mets, they definitely need it more, I would say, in this in this instance, with their set well below five hundred. They'll probably split with these two game series. They always split. And we'll see what happens. But Corey, I want to put you on the spot here. Gonna make you a little uncomfortable. I need you to give me your five favorite Mets of all time. Oh, my five favorite Mets of all time. That's actually a good one. Um, I've met a lot of New York Mets, you know what I'm saying? From doing work at Sirius XM and shout out to Scott Angle. We used to have this thing that we did, this series called Roto Experts at the Park. And we spent a lot of time, you know, at City Field and Yankee Stadium. You know, you got a chance to meet Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter. Those are stop in your tracks uh, type guys. But as far as the Mets go, um, always David Wright has always shown a lot of love. Big fantasy football player. You know what I'm saying? We've had him in the studio several times. I really like um really like David Wright, you know. Um really cool cat. Uh growing up, I wanted to be Daryl Strawberry, you know what I'm saying? So I gotta throw Daryl Strawberry in there. I think you really can't say that, you know, in my lifetime, you know what I mean, that you've really been seeing anybody as dominant on the mound as Dwight Gooden was, you know what I'm saying? So Doc, Daryl, um, young man, um, um, my man, Jason Wright. I mean, yeah, um, what's his name? David Wright. David Wright. I said Jason Wright. Uh, David Wright, those three come to mind immediately. I would put Johan Santana in there because I've met him a couple times. It was also very nice. And I want to think, I can't really think of anybody that's like oh, on the field. I guess on the field, I would go Mike Piazza because okay. of that legendary home run, you know what sure. I'm saying, in, in 2001 after September 11th. You know what I'm saying? That was something you feel good about as a New Yorker. Like, I felt good about, like, don't you, yo, Nick, you don't understand that I have made a lot of my career in sports media has been making fun of the Mets. Like, I am great at making fun of the Mets. I don't do it as much no more. You know what I'm saying? I think it kind of stopped in 2015. Like the Chase Utley thing in 2015. I didn't like that. You know what I'm saying? I do not like I do not like Philadelphia. I do not like Philadelphia. I do not like Boston. I don't like it about the Phillies fans. Yeah, I do not like Philadelphia. I do not like Boston. Like I'll root for the Mets before I root for those teams. Now, Met fans will always root for the Red Sox. And I'd be like, come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? But in 2015, I was I was a fan. I championed. I rooted. You know what I'm saying? I want to see New York City teams do well. So I think I may have grown out of the rivalry where I want to see them do well, but not too well. Because here's the thing. If you ever have another Subway Series, if the Mets win... The Yankees' other 27 championships don't mean nothing. And that's what it comes down to. It's a lose-lose situation for the Yankees to play the Mets in the World Series. It just is. Because they're supposed to win. And if they don't, oh, man. (laughs) You can forget about it. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I stand with it right there. But I wish them success for the rest of the season. I was happy to see the ownership come in there and everybody be optimistic and stuff over, over over the ownership. I don't, you know, listen, we probably need new ownership in the Bronx as well, but that's not going to happen. 
that's a legacy name and a legacy franchise. But um, no, I definitely I would go with those five players as my favorite Mets of all time. You know what I mean? You definitely had some some strong memories come from those guys. And that 2015 team, that was a fun run. Absolutely. Too bad they couldn't finish the job. They heart, maybe heartbroken. But that's what Met, being a Mets fan is all about, I guess. And if they ever win, it'll be so much sweeter. Corey, it's been great. Thanks for joining me. Let everybody know where they can find you. Well, right now. <laughs> you can oh, find me on the Better Network in the morning time and stand by. You can find me on X, the social media platform X, at the Fantasy Exec. All right. There you go, Corey. This has been great. Thanks for joining us. And for everybody out there, make sure you are following us on social media. We are at the same hashtag on every single platform. So make sure you go out there and you follow us on Believe in the Mets. So for Corey, I'm Nick. And without further ado, folks, we are going to end this show and hope for the best in the Subway Series at Let's Go Mets. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.